Just bear with me, I might get all the electronics sorted out. There you go. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Winchester Church family. Good to see you again. Um, and I guess I have to say welcome to anybody who's watching us online as well. So, if you don't know me, where have you been? <laughs> I'm, I'm loud and noisy and noticeable. I'm Mark Hiles. Um, and Julie makes me, my lovely wife makes me very manageable. It's good to be with you this morning. Looking forward to it. I'm kicking off a new series. So um, there should be a PowerPoint up there. New series called Calling, Vision and Purpose. So we're in, we're in a renew period. Um, and Nigel and Joe keep telling us for this year, like we're going to dig into what God has said. Um, and we're doing a new one here. We have four areas that we're seeking to really renew and grow in. Um, and if you've been around recently, we've done the bottom one, expectation of the Holy Spirit's presence and power, um, and really dug into that and been learning all so much about what it is to know the Holy Spirit's presence, his manifestation, his personality, what he does. But we're starting something new now. We're starting the next one, which is understanding our calling, vision, and purpose, and I get the pleasure to kick that off. Um, and my talk this morning on calling, vision, and purpose is about Abraham, our father of faith. And I'm looking forward to this because Abraham is somebody who did some incredible things, faced some incredible challenges, and really had faith in his heavenly father. So as always, my mission, should you accept it, is to learn lessons from Abraham's story about your own personal calling, vision, and purpose. And, and my goal is to help you find your way through Abraham's story, things that can help us understand our own individual calling, our own individual vision, and our purpose. And there's a lot of questions I know in all our hearts there. So let's start off with Abraham's call. I'm going to do them in order. I'm going to do call, then vision, then purpose. Um, and as always in my talks, I really hope that there is some practical application. So I want you to go away and think, this is not something I'm, here's the solution, go away and do this. It's something you need to take away and chew over. And as we found from the Holy Spirit's period of teaching, let him lead you. We've got these wonderful verses in John 14 and 16 where the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth and where the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So as I'm, as I'm talking to you, I am really hoping that the Holy Spirit nudges you, pops ideas into your mind and gives you some thoughts about what God is doing in your life. Now, I doubt if our call is like Abraham's, but we're going to learn lessons from his life and Abraham's call, the Lord had said to Abraham, and he was Abraham back then, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. His was very much a missionary call. He was called to leave home, leave everything he knew, and head on his way. And Abraham obeyed God's call on his life. If you want to read the story of Abraham, it's in Genesis chapter 12 through to Genesis 27, and there's a heck of a lot in there. And Abraham's life is just full of stories where he believed God, 
where he had faith. And if you read those stories, God was asking and encouraging and telling Abraham to do some absolutely incredible things. So if you find that the call in your life is something you think, oh my goodness, I could never do that, we probably can't. But God can do it through us. And it's responding to that call that took Abraham on a journey. Now, we all have at least one call in our lives. And if you go to Matthew 28, you will find it says the following. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we have a fundamental call. Um, Abraham was told to go, to go to a land he didn't know where it was, and we have a call over our lives to go and make disciples of all nations. Um, Many of us are going to be called to this country, to our community, to our family, to the shops we go to, to the groups we go to, to the schools we go to, to the work. But some people, as with our mission partners, will have been called abroad. So there's going to be people here, Father's going to come to you literally with an Abraham call and say, I'm sending you abroad. And it's people like Paul who train up those that God sends abroad that really are important in this process. So back to my slide with a little bit on there. Hebrews 11 verse 8 says, Abraham responded in faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. And I think that's one of the challenges of having a call on your life. It's often difficult to engage because like Abraham, you don't know where this is going to end up. You don't know the big picture. You don't understand all the things that Father is doing for you. I imagine when Nigel and Joe first came down here and had their first interview about possibly becoming the senior pastors of Winchester, they had no idea where this was going to end up, and they're still on that journey finding out where this is actually going to go. And Nigel's nodding very firmly there. It's a journey. Um, And the important thing is not to be overwhelmed by the task, but recognize the journey begins with the first step. And Abraham's first step was saying, yes, I'll do it. I'll trust you. I'm going to do, I mean, can you imagine it? Going to your family and saying, we're all going to move. And the first question they're asked is to go, where are we going? And the answer is, I don't know, but God knows. You're going to have to really work at selling that one. And so often, all of us sitting here are, I don't know where this is going to end up, but it's Father's just asking us to believe him and take the first step. So there are three journeys in Abraham's life that I'm going to pick out. And the first one is where God sent him on a journey to a place he didn't know where he was going. And it says that in Hebrews 11.8. But involved taking the first step. And the first step for Abraham was, yes, I'll do it, was responding in faith. As you read Hebrews 11, which is all about the great characters of faith, and they're there to inspire you and me. If they can do it, we can do it. It's everything Abraham did was by faith. 
I would like to point out, you'd think having stepped out for our Heavenly Father and taken his family to a place where he didn't know where he was going and he's on a journey, it'd have, you'd have had all the things go really well for you so you would know it was going well. He arrives at the first place and the Bible simply says, there was a famine in his time so he had to leave. It's not the most, so it didn't go smoothly. It doesn't mean there won't be challenges. But Abraham didn't put his hands up and say, oh, I must have got it wrong. He dug in and he took his family down to Egypt. It didn't go smoothly. So the first journey Abraham went on is he believed God to go somewhere he'd never been before. And that's what a call on our life's going to be. God's going to take us all to places we've never been before. That's what makes them exciting. That's what makes them as an adventure. That's what allows God to build his kingdom through us. That allows us to do the unexpected and the unusual. And in that process, we will grow as we see there. But can I assure you, as well as go and make disciples of all nations, which is the call on all our lives, Father has a call on your life. There are things the Holy Spirit is whispering for you to do, for you to reach for, and for the journeys to go on. And your first step is to say, yes, I'll do that. And you're going to say yes, not knowing how he's going to do it, where you're going to go, and what this means. It is a journey of faith and trust. But as always with our Heavenly Father, you can guarantee it will be unexpected and exciting. Okay, so I've put you all off so far then. This is too scary. What is this guy on? Quick, let's leave now. Abraham's vision. I think what really helps the call is that God doesn't just give you a call. He gives you a vision, a picture, an idea, or a dream for something much bigger, something much more than where you are now. There's always this more in God. And, and Father speaks an amazing thing over Abraham. And, and obviously the Israelites today recognize Abraham as their father of their nation. But in true biblical fashion, he is your and my father of faith. He is our great, great, whatever, grandfather of faith that we are part of his generation. All because Abraham believed God's vision and received it for him. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make you great and you will be a blessing. So the calling on Abraham's life led to a vision for something more, something much bigger than who he was. It wasn't just that he was going on a journey. It gave him a vision, a dream, a picture, an idea, a goal that was something much bigger than who he was. And that's what often happens with all of us. We're all just one domino. But as we allow God to push that domino, we start to touch other dominoes, and they go, if you can imagine those sort of pictures you see on TV, they can go around the room doing a whole load of crazy things. And it all starts with that first step, but that first step then leads us to a vision and a bigger picture of what God might be doing. The Holy Spirit, I can feel the Holy Spirit saying, there's more in your life than you're seeing at the moment, and he just wants to open your mind to possibilities. And what that means is some of the crazy things going through your mind now are actually God's dreams and plans for you. And it's having the courage to say, confirm it, Father, and help me come to a place where I can believe it. 
Abraham believed God's vision for him. We have a vision. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Our vision, what, we're, we're not just here in a building having meetings. Praise God. There's more to it than that. We are gathering as a family, a family in Winchester and the environs. And we have a purpose. And our purpose is to see God's kingdom break out in our life and the life of those around us. We are here to see God's kingdom break out in life, to see people change, to see people transformed. I mean, Nigel mentioned that we're in a season of fear. There is, you know, even before COVID, even before COVID, you didn't have to scratch the surface of people's lives to find fear and uncertainty there. And there's just so much more of it around. And we come from a household of faith where Father is saying, trust me and I will bring you through. And we want to bring people into that relationship with him where they are part of God's kingdom and knowing him as a loving heavenly Father who will provide for all their needs. Now there's a challenge in this vision because one of the lessons from Abraham's journey as the calling takes into a vision of what God is going to do is it changed him. It was just so big, Abraham actually changes. And to help Abraham understand that, see himself differently. In the same way God is going to help you see yourself differently is he changed Abraham's name. And he said, no longer will you be called Abraham your name will be Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. And it's funny, not just necessarily a name, but I think one of the things that's difficult in life is actually to change. Now, amongst the kids and the grandkids, you're expecting them to change, and so you're looking at and they we're all full of comments of, you know, they're walking, what words they're using. We've got two-year-old little Clark with us at the moment, who duly child minds two days a week. And it's delightful, every time he comes, there's been a week's gap, and he's got more words going on. Um, and we've moved on, praise God, from Tractor Ted into dinosaurs. And we're now into dinosaurs. And dinos are just absolutely everything. And we expect that change. But the, the danger with us as adults is we don't allow each other to change or we don't allow ourselves to change. Like, this is it, really. Mark's Mark like this forever. And actually, we are changing and growing because God is making us more like him. And in to enter into a vision, as you grab hold of something bigger than yourself, and you believe there is more in life, it's going to change you. And as brothers and sisters together, we need to help each other and allow each other to change. That we're not stuck where we are, we're going away. We have our lovely couple here who are getting married soon. That's going to change them. They have no idea how much that's going to change them. You think you've got it cracked. You think you know each other. And then you get married and it's one big journey of discovery. And I have to make it sound really good, don't I? Otherwise I'm in a hole. Hallelujah. Let's not dig the hole, eh? Let's not dig the hole. But the wonderful thing, as Julie and I have found after too many years is that it's never-ending. You carry on discovering things about each other because you change and you grow. 
God gave Abraham a new name to help him realize it was going to change him. He needed to see him differently. As you lay hold of God's vision in your life, as you said amen and taken the first step of the call, it's going to change you. God might even give you a new name. He's quite entitled to do that, to help you understand who you are. Your gifts and talents can change. We are not nailed down by our family history, praise God. We are nailed down by our heavenly family history. Whatever your family background is, and I'm very fortunate, I had biological parents who loved me all my life. I must be in a horrendous minority in our society. But I recognize many of us have not necessarily had good family models. But you have a heavenly family model, and he wants you to change and grow and allow you to do that. So the second journey, having embraced our first journey of going where I don't know where I'm going, but I'm following God, is that you will change. You will learn about yourself. You'll learn more of who you are. One of the things that can help us on the way, and Nigel mentioned it during talking about generosity, that there are promises over us, biblical promises, where we can claim God will provide for all our needs through his glorious riches in Christ. It's laying hold of the promises, not losing them. I'm sure many of you have had many promises in your life, Bible verses that you felt God has spoken to you. One happened to Abraham in Genesis 15, verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your very great reward. And we sang a song a little while ago about God being our rock. And there was a time when I was really struggling with Father, when my daily Bible verse was, the wise man built his house upon the rock rather than on the sand. And that's become a promise to me, something that leapt off the page and in that trials and circumstances became a, a subject of hope that I go back to, that I know if that I stand on the rock, although the rain comes down and the floods may fall, the floods come up, however the song goes, I will be okay. And that promise to me that if I stand on the rock, even if my mind is fearful and my heart is uncertain, I know I will be okay. The rock is the safe place to be. And there have been occasions when I've said to Father, the rock's not really working for me. And he said, take your shoes and socks off. You need to feel the rock. You need to have that intimate, close contact with it. You need to be that close to me. So hang on to your promises. It's interesting that in Abraham's story, while we have this Abraham by faith did all these unbelievable things, his heavenly father through chapters 12 to 27 keeps telling him, it's going to be okay, I will keep my word, this is going to work. And like a heavenly father, you just again and again and again, God comes back and repeats the same promise to encourage him. So promises are important to us. Abraham's vision was he believed in something bigger than himself. He laid on us something that wasn't just about him, it was about more than him. And lastly, Abraham's purpose. As for me, that's the Lord, this is my covenant with you, you will be the father of many nations. It's, it's completely overwhelming, and I wouldn't expect many of us to have this purpose in our life. But we all have a purpose. God has a purpose for all of us. And as you enter into God's call, and you understand the vision that he's given you, 
that's more than yourself. You'll begin to understand, what am I here for? And Abraham, in, in his vision, answered the first really fundamental... <coughs> Excuse me. Gracious me. Really fundamental question I find in mentoring, who am I? Who am I? That's the question that's in the heart of so many people. And that's why the change of name with Abraham helped him move forward. He's now facing, and you and I now face the second question. What am I here for? And for Abraham, he was to be the father of many nations. And again, by faith, Abraham trusted God to do it through him. He must have thought on occasions, and it's in the Bible, this is nuts. How is this going to happen? It can't possibly happen. I've now got too old for it to happen. But it's God working through us. It's not our limitations. We are not limited by our own limitations. We are equipped by being empowered by what God can do through us. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 teaches us that we're all part of one family. I guess the theological point is we're brothers and sisters in Christ, so that obviously makes us family, or we have the same father. We are all part of one family. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ, and each one of us is a part of it. Strangely enough, I'm not keen on you taking away from me any part of my body. I discovered it hurts. You know, I can go for the sort of, you'd think, well, hang on, let's go for something fringy like fingernails. Actually, they use those in torture. There's not part, we are all part of the body, we're all needed, we all have a place to pay. Which is why the Bible says, when one part is honoured, <coughs> gosh, I think I'm going to have to ask for water, actually. Sorry, I'm struggling here. Um, when one part is honoured, we're all honoured. But when one part suffers, we all suffer. We are connected. You have a purpose. You are part of God's family. And the exciting thing for you, like Abraham, is to go on that journey and find out what your purpose is, who you are, and what God put you here for. Thank you so much. Not happened before, but happening today. Abraham, Genesis 13, 18 lived his purpose. So Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron where he pitched his tents and he built an altar to the Lord. He made his home where God had told him his purpose was. Didn't make it happen, but he moved and made himself available to Father. And I find it interesting that, again, it didn't all necessarily go smoothly, but you can see how much confidence God had. And actually, I found this one quite challenging for myself. Lot is living with Abraham at this stage, and the blessing on Abraham is seriously rubbing off on Lot. And he's getting bigger flocks, bigger herds, much more money, lots of tents, more servants. He's getting big. And they get to the place when it's so large that Lot's shepherds start arguing with Abraham's shepherds about the water, because water's pretty critical in a farm lifestyle out where they were when you've got large herds. And Abraham's security comes across, and actually this is a real powerful lesson to me. So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are close relatives, we are family. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. 
if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Really secure. You choose. Now, that's not how we did it in our family. Because everybody wants the bigger piece, don't they? So one cuts and the other chooses is how it will. Yeah, one cuts, you know. So that's a, this is just so different. You choose. Abraham was secure enough. And I found this quite challenging. Abraham was secure enough to know that God's call and vision and purpose of who he was, that God will fulfill it. He didn't have to make it happen. That when, when the, him and Lot started arguing, he said, well, you know Lot's going to pick the biggest places, and that's what the Bible says. Lot looked, and he saw that the valleys around the Jordan River were well watered and suitable to herds. So Lot grabs this, and Abraham moves on. But God is with Abraham. It's not about the Jordan and the watering. It's that God's blessing is with Abraham, so he's still prospered. And you know the story of Lot. He picked the best place, which just happened to have Sodom and Gomorrah, slap bang in the middle of it, which all went sideways rapidly, and it's in the story there. So the third journey, then, is discovering our purpose. So what am I here for to do? Well, I really hope that having recognized that God's got a call on your life, and then beginning to engage with some of the crazy visions that you have that Father's speaking with you, it will take you to your place of finding your purpose. Now, for most of us, our purpose is going to be in our church family and in our communities. You know, we are called to go into all the world, includes my local Tesco's, my school, my work, my neighborhood, walking with other dog walkers in the park, etc., Dog walkers have it made. They will talk to each other. They sort of break the English custom that we ignore each other. Dog walkers will talk to each other. And they have, that's, so it's an easy in, I found, on that side. Total aside. So where you are, I'm not necessarily saying that God is going to send you to the Ur of Chaldees. Where you are is probably where God is sending you to be the missionary where. Now, some of us, like Paul, are going to have a heart for other countries and be sent abroad. But many of us have our purpose here. Our bigger picture is here. The call on our life is here. The people, the community that God's given us, our church family, and the people we work and live with are where our purpose is. So finally, Abraham believed God could do it through him. It's, it's very easy in church family to think God's going to use somebody else. But I want you to know this morning and be really encouraged, God will use you. There is a call on your life. There's a vision of a bigger picture that you're part of. His kingdom he wants you to see and he wants to know you're called where you are. Can my nine to five job Monday to Friday can the children's group that I work in, can the social services, mental health area, is that my, yes it is. That is where God has sent you. He says, go into all the world and make disciples. Where you are, Jesus goes with you. So to summarize then, Abraham did everything by faith. He believed. So that's the challenge for you and I. The way in is by faith. He believed God's call on his life, even if it was crazy and out there. 
He embraced God's vision for him. He recognized that he was now with God part of something bigger than who he was. I'm now part of something bigger. It's lovely to be in family like this. This immediately on a Sunday regularly reminds us we're we're part of something bigger. We are family together. This is a safe place to be. This is a place to explore. But God has more for us and he moved into God's purpose for his life, not knowing where that was going to take him. In each one of these, in the call, the vision, the purpose, he didn't know the end picture. My security in my heavenly father is so weak, I always want to know the result before I start the journey. Okay? I'm very much a Red Sea sort of guy. You part the Red Sea, and I'll cross it on the dry land. Yes, that sort of works for me. Part the Red Sea, and they crossed on the dry land. Your heavenly father's a Jordan sort of guy. You get out into the middle of the Jordan, looking silly, and then I'll part the water for you. And in fact, if you could take the ark with you so we really know you're committed and you're out there, that's what we'll do. I I like the Red Sea, but that's the beginning of our journey and the grace of God when we start. Where we are now and we are older is a Jordan sort of journey. You need to take that first step. Where's your Jordan? Where, Where do you step into? Abraham turned his faith into action. I'm sure there's some people here, as I finish... Yes, Dovey, it's my last slide. I don't have any promises in my life. Well, this was my first one, and I go back to it regularly, because it shouts at you. For I know the plans I have for you. Yes, that's you. Yes, that's you. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, and plans to give you a hope and a future. I can really understand that me preaching about and sharing about going on a journey when you don't even know the destination can be challenging. But you are with a God, your heavenly Father who loves you, who has plans to prosper you, give you a hope, and give you a future. And I would just encourage you, go on that journey with him. What do I do, Mark? I I don't know what to do. Take the first step. Take the first step. What are you calling me to do? Ask the Holy Spirit. Engage with the Holy Spirit. Pray to him. Now, there'll be people here who know what their call is on that side. So, Sorry, if that was me. So if we move into ministry now, Joe, is that okay? Um, I'd like to do two things. I'd like to invite, first of all, invite anybody who feels they know what their calling is to stand, and we're going to pray for them, that God inspires them and encourages them. And then I'm going to pray, then I'm going to invite those who don't know what their calling is, haven't got a clue, and don't know where to start. I invite you to pray so that we can pray for the Holy Spirit to bring you revelation and speak to you this week about your first step. Is that okay? So, if you know what your calling is, and there'll be some of us who do, would you like to stand and we'll pray in faith for you and send you? This is great.